This program is a paid commercial announcement from Jacob Media Partners and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program is pre-recorded. There are so many choices when it comes to selecting the right financial institution. Start with the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. We're right here in your city. We're also the official credit union of Temple University, and anyone who lives, works, worships, and studies in Philadelphia can open an account with convenient locations throughout our city of brotherly love. Also online at pfcu.com with free online and mobile banking. We're not here for our profit, here for yours. Federally insured by NCUA. Free speech lives here. Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, WPHT HD, WOGL HD3, Philadelphia, a radio.com station. Now, from the Malamut and Associates Law Studios, it's good news in real estate. If you're a homeowner, if you're selling a home, or perhaps purchasing a home or vacation property, welcome to our home. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Your host for the next radio hour. The Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris, along with real estate veteran and owner-operator of the Philadelphia Real Estate Classes, Mark Cumberland. Your real estate education starts right now. It's good news in real estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. All right, good morning. Get ready to laugh and learn here on Good News in Real Estate on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. I'm Mark Cumberland, along with my co-host, the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Kitsaris. How are you, Deanne? I am fabulous, Mark. Me too. I, I am very, very excited about today's show. And we're Excellent. here every Sunday at 9 a.m. on Talk Radio 1210. You can ask us questions about commercial, residential, mortgages, any real estate need you have. You can give us a call. My number is 267-266-5501. What's your number, Dan? My number is 609-605-7153. And we're here 11 years, keep you informed every week, help in any way we can, We can, and you can listen to this show and past shows at goodnewsandrealestate.com and also at 1210's website. So what's coming up today, Deanne? Coming up on today's show, Mark, we have the market report. Yes. We have our business tips with Asking Dr. A. Yes. We also have Mark's funny story. Got one for you. And we have our mortgage mom topic. Which is what? Originations on track to surpass four trillion. Trillion with a T. Trillion with a T. Holy moly. <laughs> Mark, we also have our questions. Uh, first question is what's included for utilities and such when renting a house versus an apartment? The next question is I have right. a commercial property I'm considering renting. I'm not that familiar with the different types of net listings. What do you suggest? The next one is, how long does a broken lease on your record keep you from renting a home or an apartment? That's a good one. My dog yep. has a broken lease. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I could tell what kind of day it's going to be. It's going to be one of those days. Yep. Mark, we also have our topic of the day, which is four reasons why the election won't dampen the housing market. That's true. But first, give us your motivational quote. And a motivational quote is, only those who will risk going too far can possibly find out how far one can go. That's very so deep. If you don't take any chances, nothing's going to happen. And if you don't ask, the answer's no. Exactly. <laughs> All right, so where are we at? We are up to the market report. And there is the bell. Frank likes to ring that bell. 
So unlike stocks, real estate just doesn't go poof overnight. When stock market's weak, there's tendency for capital to flow to safety of. And where is the safe place to go? Real estate. The sweet spot for real estate is when stocks are down 10% as currently is the case. Mortgage rates are low. Stock money shifts to real estate. Real estate provides that shelter and it's a very tangible asset. It's a defensive asset and you can generate income with the desire to relocate to less densely populated areas of your own city or a country. The desire for real estate should continue and it's gonna be quite strong. It's gonna be booming in 2021. And permanent now that tens of millions of people have experienced working from home, the trend's likely to continue forever because I think some of this is just gonna go on for, for now on. Working from home is more efficient. As a result, productivity also increases. I believe there's going to be a permanent desire for employees to work from home two, three days a week. And companies will allow, allow to retain the employees. With more people staying at home, the values of the homes are going to go up. Anytime you use something for a longer period of time, you take more care of it and you make more improvements to it. And we're seeing that. And I know you're seeing it with everybody refine. Without a doubt. And people want to buy homes with views, more land for their kids, homes with home offices. And my accountant, the greatest accountant in the world, Don Devlin, told me that a home <laughs> office is not a red flag for an audit. That was a myth I always believed. So that's not true, he told me. People want to buy homes that are in less densely populated areas, other cities, different states, especially with the tax scenario in like jersey and new york and california and the global pandemic has taught us anything it's that tomorrow is not guaranteed therefore there will be a large demand curve shift with renters looking finally to buy a nicer place in f to live like 40 percent of philly rents they're going to start getting serious about you know why am i paying uh two grand a month when i could buy a house and That's pay right. uh 1100 a month you know You'll see frugal homeowners wanting to upgrade their living standards, and millions more people are deciding whether it's best to keep hoarding cash. And right now, the country is sitting on trillions of dollars of cash because people have been nervous ever since March 16th and actually spend their cash on better lifestyles. Do you really want to live like a pauper for the next several years, waiting for a vaccine that may never come after locking down expenses and saving so much during the shelter in? You know, I'm personally looking to expand and spend money. So I think that's what people are going to do. I, I think there are, when this election thing is finally totally settled, it's going to be off to the races. And a lot of people are going to do things prior to January 1 because of possible tax implications. So I think there's going to be a lot of spending going on once this is decided to January 1st. So I, I agree. And, you know, tell I, us I, about the rates. Well, before that, I just want to just make a short comment that I I was walking the dog today and. Mark, there's like four or five houses that are for sale now in my neighborhood. Wow. I mean, just within the last de like day. It's amazing. See, that, see, that's like people are realizing they better make moves. Yeah. Because 
there could be a tax implication on that one party side. They're looking for a 39.6% capital gains tax. That's a killer. That is a killer. So, like, if you don't make that move prior to him being sworn in and all that stuff taking place, you got a problem. Well, you know what's not a problem? The rates. The rates. So, right now, a 30-year fixed rate on a conventional 2.625%. We've seen it as low as 2.5%. So, it's it's definitely a time to refi. Your 15-year fixed and also purchase. Your 15-year fixed is 2.625%. Your FHA is two point six two five five one arm. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even suggest no. for somebody to do. But the rates are amazing. So whether you're looking to purchase or you're looking to do a refinance, you gotta give me a call at 609-605-7153. Let and me do an analysis and let's determine what your savings are going to be and look at your overall financial picture. And what's what's the refi rates like? It depends. I mean, the, on a conventional loan, it's it's mostly credit score driven. So the more equity you have in your house and the higher your credit score, the lower the rate's going to be. But Mark, we've been locking in loans from 2.5% to 2.625%. And Six let's say point. you buy the rate down. Like right now, you people are buying the rate down and getting a 2.25, I mean, 2.2%. Two and a quarter percent. Mr. Devlin, help me, please. <laughs> please help me. Uh, 2.2%. Now that's, that's buying the rate down. Don't forget, which means yeah. you're so paying what? a point. I'll spend, I know. I'll, I'll spend some cash to get to that. I hear you. That's what I'm doing. No doubt about it, man. <laughs> they are some unbelievable rates. All right. So that was pretty good. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All positive, all the time. We'll be right back. On behalf of the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union, we hope you're enjoying Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland. The Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more after the break and this message from Debt Free Living. Learn more at wehatedebt.com. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the time, Mrs. Cassaris. So where are we at? Mark, we are up to our funny story. And happy birthday to your husband, Pete. Oh, you beat me to it. Yeah. Thank you. And it was my anniversary this week, too. 37 big ones. Wow. God yeah. bless you. I actually sent my song out. My wedding ring has a few dings <laughs> to everybody. <laughs> and my wife said it. And I didn't cause any of those dings. <laughs> of course not. She's a saint. That's right. 37, though. I know I know how to weather the hills and valleys. <laughs> so anyway, this elderly couple, right, they've been married 75 years. Wow. And they finally sold their house, and they moved into a little a condo, and they decided to go out for dinner, and they go out for dinner. And as they're out for dinner, the old man leans forward and says softly to the dear wife, he goes, dear, is something I must ask you. And they had 10 kids. They had a real big house, right? Oh, my God. He goes, yeah, they had 10 kids. He goes, there's something I always want to ask you that bothered me. Our 10th child never quite looked like the rest of our children. He goes, now, I want to assure you that 75 years have been the most wonderful experience I could 
ever thank God for, I could ever hope for. And you're the answer. You know, no matter however you answer, it's fine. But I must know. Did we? Did we? Did our tenth kid have a different father? The wife drops her head, unable to look her husband in the eye. She paused for a moment. She goes, "Yes, yes, he did." And the old man, shaking. The reality of what his wife was admitting to him was harder than what he expected. With a tear in his eye, he went, who? Who was he? Who was the father? Again, the old woman dropped her head, saying nothing at first, as she tried to muster the courage to tell the truth to her husband. She said, yes, you. What? The other nine weren't his. Oh, God. <laughs> I forgot I'd catch you on that one. You absolutely <laughs> did. I was like, what? Oh, my God. That was a good one. All right. Oh so, my God. where are we at here? It is well, now that it is time well, wait for a the second. Mortgage Mom segment oh, with gosh. the Mortgage Mom, Deanne Katsaris from Green Tree Mortgage. And her topic is Originations on Track to Surpass four trillion dollars so tell me about this one this is amazing mark and with that the forbearances are up again so th this data comes from rate lock and it's suggesting that the mortgage origination volume this year is on track to exceed four trillion for the first time ever according to a new report four this, trillion would four it trillion and this is assuming a 40-day lock to close. Wow. So that means you lock your rate for 40 days and then you settle on the loan, which is which has historically been a good indicator of our lending activity. So the third quarter could set new highs in terms of purchase, refi, and total lending volumes. Damn. The estimated originated origination volumes, which means a loan actually being closed, was right. based on underlying locks and its singles that both the third quarter total originations and refinance originations could grow twenty five percent from the previous quarter. Wow. While the while the purchase originations are gonna be up thirty five percent. So this is going to push 2020 purchase lending to the highest level since 2005 and both refinance lending and total originations to their highest levels ever, 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 ever We're breaking all kinds of records. And, and also the market, the market conditions also hint at originations volumes. They're going to stay that way through November and December and going into 2021. Now, if we look at September's lock activity, it was relatively flat compared to what August was. And right. through the and through the first half of October, we're already up 4%, so from the previous month. Now, from month to date, we're up 6% while the locks have risen on the refinances up 3%. That's they also, they're, they're unbelievable numbers. It's it's amazing. I mean, it's, I can't even tell you what my day is like. Um, but I mean, when I call people and we're telling them, I'm calling my past clients. I just called a gentleman yesterday that had an FHA loan, 3.875. I'm going to drop him down to 2.625. Right before the holidays, he's going to skip a payment. He he could not thank me enough 
for remembering to call him and go over this refinance with him. So it's it's amazing. But there's a little bit more data I want to go over. So we also found that through November, right, the purchase right. lending would already be up 11% from the same period in 2019. And it's going to even go higher in December. So while the interest rates are setting new record lows um, in the mid and late October, it's going to it's going to fuel the lock activity for the next coming weeks because yeah. the rates are, are only they're only going down. Yep. So after we did have a little bit of a drop for the first wave of COVID, um, there was a lot of forbearance plans that went into the mortgages and the forbearances grew again by thirty one thousand. Yeah, but that, you know, for uh, somebody uh, on Facebook was saying about oh, there's going to be all these foreclosures and all this stuff. In actuality, uh, it's at 0.36% nationwide. Yeah. Nationwide. Thing, it's not going to, most of the people are, are catching up on their forbearances. That's not necessarily true because there's two type of forbearances. There's one where you're putting that money at the back end of the mortgage. Right. And then there's the forbearance where you keep delaying, delaying, and delaying. And then all of a sudden you owe $15,000. People yeah. that aren't back to work yet don't have that money. So no. that's what they're talking about. So in total, the forbearance plans, they were up again in 15 up by about 15% in October, which was compared to the previous month. And the number of active forbearances has grown to 3 million. And that's climbing again for the first time since October. So approximately 5.7 of all active uh, mortgages went into forbearance at the end of the month. And that's representing some 619 billion in unpaid principal. Yeah, but you know how many houses there are in in the United States, 138 million. So when you take it into perspective, and I posted something the other day about uh, foreclosure rates, we're at 0.36%. The height, the worst one ever in 08, we we're at 5.1%, not 50%, not right. 30%. So right. in reality, the number's going to be small. And the economy is recuperating. So I don't think it's going to be doom and gloom. I think there's there's going to be some people that have problems, but a lot of them are going to get out of it. And the majority are also, you know, saving money, paying off credit cards, paying down their debt with these low interest rates. So, you know, it should be a win-win situation. Um, but again, real quick, I just want to wish my husband, Mr. Pete Pantelis Katsaris, a very, very happy birthday. And... He's the same age as you, like what, 40, 42? Yeah, 43. He's both turned 43. <laughs> All right. And coming up next is our question and answer segment. All right. That was a good topic. That was interesting. That was a four trillion with a T. With a T. Damn. I tell you, a trillion is starting to be common, man. Anyway, with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive all the time. We will be right back. Deanne and Mark are halfway through this week's edition of Good News in Real Estate, presented by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. When the show returns, more real estate news from around the Delaware Valley. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, all positive, all the 
time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our question and answer segment. And the first question is... What is this first question? What is included for utilities and such when renting a house versus an apartment? Well, there could be... It's according to how the lease is written up. If it's an apartment, like condo type thing, and the water, everything, some things are included in the rent, you know, or you're renting a house and the lease... You're paying the taxes and all the utilities. You know, it's like a net lease. Uh, it, it all depends. Like a lot of tenant, a lot of landlords will pay the water bill, but some landlords make the tenant pay the water bill. But like, like I paid a water bill on my um, one of my offices, uh, but I I don't pay the taxes on one. So it's it's according to how it's set up. But if you were renting out your house, you could make the tenant pay the taxes and all the utilities. Right. And Common, even if there's an, an HOA fee, I mean, that can that yeah, just all has be, to be spelled out. That's right. And so the difference between a house and an apartment is not the issue. It's the differences in the lease. Correct? Correct. What is the next one? I have a commercial property I am considering renting. I'm not that familiar with the different types of net lease listings. What do you suggest? And uh, we actually did a topic on this on different types of uh, commercial leases and leases in general. But most of the time, commercial leases are net leases where the tenant does pay uh, the taxes, the utilities, uh, is does repairs, is responsible. Like the one place I have my my uh, lease, you know, I'm responsible for. Uh, you would think uh, the air conditioning, the heating, like she did the roof, but I had a plumbing issue, which she wasn't too happy about. <laughs> but like, uh, you know, it's according to what you would do it. And then there's other kinds of lease, gross lease. That's a gross type lease, net lease. But there's leases that, like, if it's a store. Because maybe it's a big commercial property, and they and they don't want a giant uh, upfront cost on a monthly rental. They do some kind of lease that has to do with uh, profits. So at at a certain point, once you got to like maybe two hundred thousand dollars in profits, uh, you, uh, the landlord gets a percentage. That's a percentage lease. So there's all different types of leases. And different ways to do it. It's all negotiable. You want, you know, you got somebody. Say your rent, your your commercial space is ten thousand a month. Plus, they have to do their own fit out. You're not doing the fit out. You're giving them a blank spot. So that's where you might want to consider maybe giving them a break on the rent down front. But after they start making a certain amount of money, the landlord gets a percentage back, and, and you make. Uh, you make it up by, you know, splitting the baby and make it a win for everybody. So right. my suggestion is take a look at the different types of leases and and negotiate with the uh, possible uh, le- lessor, uh, lessee rather, and see what works for them too. So yeah, both and- the lessee and the lessor are happy. And you should also have the leases reviewed by an attorney to make sure... You know that it's a win-win for both parties. 
and have somebody that knows what they're doing write the lease because you you know not everybody's good at right doing these things and you don't want to download some pdf online on some complicated commercial lease so i'd hire somebody a lawyer or a good right. commercial agent all right question number three how long does a broken lease on your record keep you from renting a home or an apartment well you run into this one with people uh trying to buy that <clears throat> boyfriend girlfriend both signed the lease broke up one left and then they got a problem and it screws everybody's credit up how long does it take and you know mark it depends on how it's actually being reported is it a collection is it a lien is it a judgment so it all depends and then you know if it's a lien or a judgment that has to be paid before you're going to be able to get another apartment or even possibly a mortgage so that all has to be um rectified and that's if the lessor reports it too correct and that's if they they report it yeah do it right in the commercial side there's a special thing that we teach in real estate called a broker's uh lien where the broker you can't get out of them you break a commercial lease there's a special <laughs> column and that you're going to pay that one way or the other someday. Right. You're not, you're not getting away from that one. What's the next one? The next question is if my husband has an FHA loan for less than a year, can less I get an FHA loan to buy another bigger house? My husband just refinanced the house that we are living in, but the house is small for a family of six and my name is on title of the house and my sister is planning on moving in with us but she doesn't have any credit. Can she rent the house and I get the loan under FHA without my husband having any problems? Whoa. So All right. it doesn't- Ms. Saris, what's the answer to this it, one? <laughs> it doesn't sound like the husband's going with them. So there, I'm gonna give two answers based on two scenarios. So you can't have two FHA loans at the same time. Right, I know that. Okay, but if she were to sell the house that they're living in, that's right. FHA, they are eligible to get another FHA loan, right? So they sell the house, get another FHA loan. Right. Now, how does the sister plan in to move in, but she doesn't have any credit? Right, so the sister doesn't have any credit, but she can she can still rent the house. <laughs> it seems like so if the sister has a job and and signs a lease even right. though she doesn't have any credit she can still rent the house from them right they could get another fha loan if she's not on the note then the wife can get another fha loan and without the husband having any so they're they they're apparently split up here i guess it's what it sounds like yeah so the so they're split up and they and she don't want to screw up the husband's credit in what she's trying to do here well she's also saying that the house is small for a family of six and now we got the sister maybe renting that house and they're going to get another house a bigger house right so then the wife could get a house under her name right with an fha and then let the the sister rent correct all right Okay. That was a little complicated one. It was it was a little complicated. <laughs> <laughs> but there's a lot of people that are asking, you know, questions every day that I'm getting 
And a lot of the calls are coming from the radio show, which is great. But a lot of people are asking, you know, is it a, is it a good time for me to refinance my loan um, or even to do a purchase? And I got to be honest, I mean, it's never been a better time. Should I wait till January? Should I wait to see what the election's going to, you know, what's going to happen with the election? And the answer to that is no, because the, I don't believe, and from all the sources that I've been talking to, we don't believe that the rates are really going to ch- be affected that much, regardless no. of who gets in there. So, no, you know, and, and this 40% of just in, like in Philly that rents, I, I would bet little less than half of them probably could buy they might not have the greatest credit scores all of them but with a little planning and got and came to like you and started a plan and worked on their problems for the next six to eight months there's they're still going to get great rates and they're now they're going to be an owner right and that 40 percent is a ridiculously high number you know what it is in new york it's 92 percent Ninety-two percent of New York rents because it's so expensive, right? And now it's even more expensive because he taxed the hell out of all the millionaires, and they all flew. And now he wants to tax the billionaires; they're going to move. Like he, they really screwed that city up. But forty percent of Philly, probably I'd say half of that group—that's a couple hundred thousand units. They probably half of them could probably buy if they started a plan with you. Right. Agreed. And that's then that's what we do. I mean, I'm not. I'm a mortgage consultant. I'm going to consult with you and show you what needs to be done and communicate, you know, how to make this better, a better situation and get you into a new home. Yeah. And and six to eight months, that flies by. Exactly. You know? I mean, look so, where we are now. I yeah, mean, I we're in November. We've I been know. stuck in the house since November. Sucks. All right. <laughs> <laughs> how do you really feel, Mark? That's, All right. how, that's how I feel. I haven't been sitting in Sweeney's and I playing know, touch tunes. Yep, having a beer. Yeah, it's just. And then I, you go in there now, and they got these little round tables. It's just too weird. All right. <laughs> All right. So coming up next is our topic of the day, and it's four reasons why the election won't dampen the housing market. That's right. So with that, you're listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, all positive, all the time. That was a great segment. We'll be right back. Good News in Real Estate with Deanne Katsaris and Mark Cumberland is proudly being provided by the Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. Deanne and Mark will have more in a moment, but first, a message from one of our home team partners, Green Tree Mortgage. How much do you qualify for? Ask Deanne now at MortgageMom.net. All right, welcome back to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210, WPHT, all positive, all the time. So where are we at, Deanne? Mark, we are up to our topic of the day. Which is? Four reasons why the election won't dampen the housing market. Yeah. I'm so glad <laughs> this is almost over. I just it's hope it not. ends. It's not. It's not almost over. Soon. It's brutal. It's Just not. the emails alone every day. Anyway, four reasons why the election won't dampen the housing market. Tomorrow, you know, Americans have voted, and now we got this mess going on a little bit. Eventually, it'll get straightened out. Analysts will try to measure the impact and the feasibility changes in regulations that might have on housing and affect possible first-time home buyer programs and taxes and everything else. 
And the housing market, though, will remain strong for four basic reasons. One, demand is strong amongst millennials. The largest generation now in the country began entering the housing market last year as they reached that age to marry and have children, two key drivers for home ownership. And they report millennials have a long viewed as parental home renters who were reluctant, unable to buy, or, or they're now the emerging driving force in the housing market. And they're going to be for the next four or five years. Number two, mortgage rates, as we just talked about, all-time low. Interest rates are driving demand across all generations. Strong demand created by rate drops that countered other economic dis- uh, disruptions like the pandemic, other unemployment, which is now coming back. I think we're about down to like 7%, which we were up to like, what, tw- almost 20? 20, yep. Yeah, one of the main drives in the housing market histor- historically is the low interest rates. Given the weakness in the broader economy, the Federal Reserve signaled that the rates are going to remain low. Inflation is going to pick up, but no big signs of inflation. They forecast mortgage rates will remain flat over the next year uh, into 2021. And so that's one. Number three, prices continue to appreciate. The continued lack of supply of existing homes for sale, coupled with a surge in the buyer demand, has experts forecasting strong appreciation over the next 12 months. I, I had a new uh, real estate class start this week, and I told them how many houses were for sale. Well, I asked them, how many houses do you think were for sale in Philadelphia at a 676000 and they were like 100,000, 200,000. One guy said 400,000. <laughs> and then I told them 4,000. They're all like, what? Wow. I mean, that's how we're, we're at an all-time historic low in inventory. And it's all the real estate agents false. Like you talked earlier about you called up past clients. Realtors don't do that stuff. They send them letters and emails and they get mixed in with all the other junk. Right. You know, from insurance companies and whatever. If the public doesn't know what's going on, they don't talk about real estate except for us. We're like the only real estate show in Philly. And, you know, if we could get all 1.2 million people to listen to us Sunday, there'd be a ton of inventory on the market. (laughs) And number four, history. It's true. The market slows slightly in November and all, but not this year. I mean, it's booming. People are out there. It's just they're having a hard time finding what they need. And, you know, this their, their biggest thing is if they do find one, are they going to win the battle? There's going to be multiple offers. All that stuff's going on. The rates are great. They want to buy. They want more space due to being stuck in the house like we've been talking about. But, you know, one of the things is what do you, what do you buy? And if there's no in, no inventory, you better be ready to go, and you better re- be ready to and have a really good agent negotiating on your side that convinces you maybe full price or above is the way to go, and and not have that. What do you mean for overprice? The chances of you having a thirty year mortgage are slim to none. It's actually up higher. It used to be five years. I think we're now at eight years for the average length of a mortgage. It's, so it's not 30 years. So when you look at it and you look at you're appreciating at like maybe eight or nine percent and then your rates are so low, 
you're paying a few dollars more a month on something you're not going to have for 30 years anyway. So then what is 10 grand in actual monthly dollars? Right. 20 bucks and you get the house you want. You know? So bottom line with this whole thing is we're we're looking at a very strong real estate market going into 21 and and in the future, I think there's going to be a good 5-year run here uh, with real estate cuz it's going to take us a long time to get to a buyer's market. And then we finally get to a buyer's market and there's a ton of listings. We haven't been in that scenario probably since, I don't know, a really strong buyer's market? Probably like 2000. Because when I got my license in 99, we were in a buyer's market. There was, there was lock boxes all over the place. <laughs> we haven't been in a market like that for a long time. So, you know, I think the economy is going to get a lot better no matter what happens here. People cannot sit on cash, and they're sitting on cash right now. And real estate is just going to keep get appreciating. Values are going up. I think the average sale price in a house in the country now is almost 300000 which was used to be like, I think when we started 11 years ago, like two ten. <coughs> So, you know, with all those factors together, we're in good shape, and real estate's going to be all positive all the time. All the time. That's right. <laughs> that was a great segment, Mark. All right, thank you. You're very so where welcome. Are we at? So coming up next is our segment with Dr. Abelson, and the topic today is the leader's role in building high-performance teams. Hey, Dr. Abelson, how are you? I'm doing fine. How are the two of you guys doing? We're, we're doing real good. well, thank you. We are very positive up here in Philadelphia. So <laughs> we've been doing this segment, are- which I've been really enjoying, and I've had some feedback from uh, listeners and realtors about this team building thing. And today, uh-huh. I'm interested in this leader's role in building the high performance team. So, how? Go ahead and start this for us. Sure. We've talked about this a couple times already as far as different components that go that go in this. By the by, if, if anybody wants the full segment of it, we have it on our website, and I have written a couple different articles. So all they have to do is email us at succeed at net, and we'll send this uh, information to you. Okay? Good. So you can, you can take a look at it, and you can see the full picture. All right. What... The, the, the last aspect I want to deal with when it comes to teams and, and what the leader needs to do, and that's, that's to, you need to build a team culture, all right? And, and that, that is exceedingly important because the, the, the reality of it is culture gives structure, okay? So, for yeah. example, if you have a culture that's just a profitability culture, then people are going to focus just on the bottom line. If right. you have a culture that is more social, meaning more interactive, where you give back to community, then that's what people are going to see and that's what they're going to experience. So that it's a strategic thing that, that people have to, um, hold on a second. Uh, it's a strategic thing that people have to, um, to decide that they want to do. So what kind of culture do they want to have? Do they want to have a culture that's a support culture where people are supported within the team? Or do you want to have a competitive culture where, where people do what, what is necessary uh, for them to succeed and or for the team to succeed? So there, there are all kinds of aspects regarding that. Again, there's a strategic perspective. And then once you create that 
vision for the culture that you want to have in, that's when it gets into the nitty gritty. And there's a number of suggestions I have. Number yeah, one, and you know no what, doctor, what is, to interrupt yeah. though, uh, when I was running a couple big real estate offices, culture was like on the top of the list for me because if you have a good culture, everything else seems to fall in place. That's true, and that's why I mean the, the culture really adds structure to to what's going on. For example, with Keller Williams and Mo, when 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 Gary brought Mo Anderson in, she changed the whole culture of Keller Williams to be much more of a giving culture. All right, it's you know Mo's not as involved as she was before, you know, so the culture is shifting. So that happens all the time, but it, it right. sets it, it really sets the tone for what the group is about. So there, there are all those types of aspects. It's exceedingly important because it actually gives people direction and structure regarding things they should be doing and things they should not be doing. You know, I had when I was running a big office one time, I had different committees and I had mm -hmm. a finance committee and, and you know, mm -hmm. I had different recruiting committees, different stuff. But my most important committee, I thought, was my cultural committee because if I had a strong culture in my office, then that then that made everything. That made my retention better. It made my uh, income better. It, it made everything better because people were happy because they were in a great culture. That and they understand what the expectations are. One of the biggest problems that happens within organizations is people don't understand what they're expected to do. People set goals, okay, but how do you reach those goals? What specifically do you do? What action specifically do you take in order to attain those goals? That's where the culture comes in because that's what gives you guidance regarding how you should be behaving. That's true. That was a good segment. So, Dr. Abelson, tell everybody how to get a hold of the Abelson Group. It's real easy. All you have to do is go to www.abelson.net or just email us at succeed at abelson.net and we'll be happy to work with you. Very good. Great. Thank and you, been, Dr. Ray. I've been seeing a lot of your posts on Facebook, too. <laughs> well, keep on looking and enroll for the webinars. They're free. Yes. Very good. All right. All thanks, right. doctor. Thank you, doctor. All right, very good. If you have any questions, you can email them to mark at 8029 at comcast.net or give them a call at 267-266-5501. You can also call me, Deanne Katsaris, at 609-605-7153. You can also email me at Deanne Katsaris at comcast.net. Yes, and a special thanks to all of our listeners tuning in every Sunday and calling us. I enjoy talking to you guys and our sponsors for keeping us on the air every week. We're actually looking. We have two spots for two sponsors if you want to get involved. Somebody called me yesterday about one, and you can listen to this show and past shows at our website, Good News and Real Estate, and we're here every Sunday just to keep you informed every Sunday at 9 a.m. So with that, have a great week. Stay optimistic. I'm Mark Cumberland. I'm Deanne Katsaris, your mortgage mom. You've been listening to Good News in Real Estate here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. All, all positive, positive all, all the time. time. Very good. Thanks for listening to Good News in Real Estate, a Jacob Media production. If you're interested in learning more about the power of the radio hour, contact Joe Kraus at 267-261-3428. Yeah. 
This program is a paid commercial announcement and does not reflect the views of WPHT or its management. Today's program has been pre-recorded. When we make a profit, you see it. Better rates, fewer fees, and we give back to the community. All the things that you want from a financial institution. Philadelphia Federal Credit Union. Not here for our profit, here for yours. 